0: The game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. Week 15 of the NFL season is here. Ethan Greenberg. And Eric Allen here bringing you the game preview on the official Jets podcast. Jet Saints as the Jets travel down to Nolens. But let's not bury the lead here, EA. Josh McCown suffered a broken hand against the Broncos in Week 14. Done for the year, which means Bryce Petty will get his first start of 2017 this Sunday.
1: Career year for McCown. He brought a lot to this organization. I think when he signed with the Jets in the spring, A lot of people said, hey, listen, yeah, you're just getting a journeyman quarterback, and maybe he comes here, and he holds the clipboard from one of the younger quarterbacks. But McCown came in. I think he ended up completing nearly 70% of his passes. He He finished
0: third in the NFL. Third
1: in the NFL. At the the time. At the time, right. And then, what, 18 touchdown passes, Mm -hmm. five touchdowns on the ground. But, you know, numbers don't tell the story with Josh McCown. You were covering this team throughout the year as well, Greens, and he was so well-liked by his teammates, so appreciated by his coaching staff. He was a perfect guy for this system at this time, worked well with John Morton, a first-year play caller with the Jets, and he was in sync with Jeremy Bates, the quarterback's coach, a guy he worked with and had some success with in Chicago. And he made the players around him better. Robbie Anderson is breaking out. Jermaine Kearse is having the best year of his career. Austin Safarian Jenkins' career high in receptions. Um, And you can go down the list. So he really brought a lot to this organization. Not only are you happy for Josh McCown for the level he played at, because I think he kind of proved a lot of critics wrong, but also he helped this organization, this team, Take a step forward by creating a culture and also helping this scouting staff evaluate what they have.
0: You can tell how much McCown means to this team no matter who you speak to, whether it's EA and Bart Scott on Inside the Jets, which is also on the official Jets podcast. Morris Claiborne was your guest this week, and he was saying that his heart was pumping when he saw McCown come out for a couple plays after. He took a shot to the midsection, and then he had that same gut feeling when McCown went right to the locker room after he broke his left hand following a Shane Ray hit. But you could tell from there, and Chad Pennington also says this every week that we have him on the official Jets podcast game preview, and you mentioned it is that he allows the organization to take a look at what you have. And I think McCown's presence, his leadership, combined with the expectations and the numbers he put up, made this season very special for him, which is why he ended up choking up at the podium. It's been the best because of the guys. You know, not not numbers. You know, it's been the best because of the group of men in the locker room.
2: I'm just proud to be part of it.
1: If you go around and you talk to national writers who go to different stops along the way throughout the league, he is on everybody's top three as most professional and one of the nicest guys out there in the world. So, I mean, uh, as far as our football world is concerned. So he, he definitely has earned the respect of so many people along the way. And I think we're going to look back at this signing and say, you know what, he brought a lot to this organization, and we'll have to see what happens now. Because McCown, one-year contract, Maybe he calls it quits at the mm-hmm. end of this year. We don't know. Maybe he resigns with the Jets. We have no idea. But he if you're looking for a man to put his best foot forward, that's what you got from Josh McCown. And it's so ironic because Todd Bowles was talking about last week because everybody was asking him about what's the difference about Josh McCown. And he said, you know, he, he's been able to stay healthy this mm-hmm. year. And then – Game 13, it happens. He took a big shot earlier in that game, like you mentioned, in the second quarter. And eventually, he goes down. So, he's got some decisions to make in offseason. The Jets have some decisions to make in offseason.
0: All right, so now with Petty sliding in. Petty, last year, started four games. He played in six. He had three touchdowns, seven picks. It's a different system, though, yeah. because last year it was Chan Gailey. This year, it's John Morton, the West Coast system. A little more pass-friendly. And we'll check in with Chad Pennington to see what he thinks of this system and how it fits with Bryce Petty's ability. But what do you think about this offense, and what are you looking for in Bryce in his third year and his second season in which he's going to get some playing time? Well,
1: I think he's going to be pumped. He's an excitable guy. I think he's been waiting for his opportunity patiently. I think Todd Bowles and the rest of the organization will be very excited to watch him play. Todd Bowles did say that. Uh, this week. It's an opportunity
3: for him, you know, he'll get the majority of the reps this week and he'll be well prepared to play come the game on Sunday. He knows he's got an opportunity to step up and make plays and we look forward to seeing him
1: play. What you want to see from Bryce is to make sure that his accuracy is up there and you're staying on time, meaning, yes, I'm not just talking about specific plays with going through progressions one, two, three, but staying on time, meaning that the offense is making the plays they have to, staying on schedule and moving the chains. This week, this is a tough test. You're going to a Saints team. Ten years past, their defense was quite suspect. I don't think you can say that about the Saints any longer.
0: No, the Saints' passing defense, at least, last year was 32nd in the league. This year, they're 15th and we'll touch on them a little bit later. But, you know, without further ado, I think it's time to bring in our quarterback, Chad Pennington. Chad, you've been talking
1: all year about how well Josh McCown has played. What a shot in arm he has given this team. How tough was it for you as a former competitor to watch him go down against the Denver Broncos?
3: Well, Eric, it's, it's very tough, and the reason that it's tough, you know how hard Josh has worked. You know uh, how well he's played and how he's been able to keep the team stable and you know what his age is and when you get to his age you just never know if you have another down left uh if you have another you you don't know uh, what your future holds and so to have to end your season like that is certainly difficult
1: he was so emotional after the game because he knew what it meant he had tears in his eyes and you know he loves this team playing in this moment and i'll tell you what chad he had a career year here with the New York Jets.
3: He did, and he he made a lot of people better. Um, he allowed the organization to really take a deep look at a lot of different positions uh, to make sure the organization gets better in the future. Um, and and you can see that. And I think a, a situation um, that we saw with Josh in the press conference that really humanizes these football players and can bring back that human aspect that we sometimes forget as fans, that these guys aren't robots, Uh, they're human beings, and and they really put a lot into what they do. And they really value the relationships that they build uh, on these uh, teams and with these organizations, and they know how important those are. And so uh, although fantasy football allows us to get caught up in the stats, most of our players in the NFL – Really value the time spent with each other that and is the bonds that you build.
1: Outstanding point, guys. Thirty-eight years old. He's played fifteen years in the National Football League, and yes, he hasn't been a starter at all of his stops. But this meant everything to him this year.
3: Well, there's no question about it, and he really, it, it's as a veteran. And I experienced this too. As a veteran, you get into certain situations where you just really like the makeup of your team and the and the people and the Teammates you work with on a daily basis really energize you to get up in the morning every day and go to work and try to be successful. And so he had one of those situations here in New York, and he was really enjoying that. Even talking to him on the field before the Kansas City game, I could tell that he was enjoying what he was doing. And sometimes it's really easy. This game and the business of this game can make you negative about your profession. Uh, and you try to fight through that, and when you get those years where you feel really upbeat about what you're doing and, and you're energized about it, it makes it so rewarding, and that's where he was at this point.
0: How does this affect the rest of the offense? Because we've talked about this before on the official Jazz Podcast game preview, is that McCown allowed the organization to take a deeper look at the players surrounding him, and he raised them up, so now... What do you expect from this offense for the rest of the three weeks, whether it's Bryce Petty this week or potentially Christian Hackenberg down the road?
3: Well, I certainly expect uh, that the players who have played well thus far continue to play well. But I think the evaluation process now is completely Mm -hmm. on the two young quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. I think the organization has been able to see, because of McCown's play, what they have in the other players. They know exactly what they can do and should do and now the young quarterbacks know what these players can do so these two young quarterbacks when they get their chance to play they've got to go out now show that you know what i have uh i'm worthwhile and i have value in this organization as well and i can help this team win and that is completely that that's the, the name of the game these last three weeks for these two young guys when they get their opportunities They have to go play well. They have to prove that they deserve to be on this team. That's just the bottom line.
1: What changes for Petty this week? As a backup quarterback, you're not getting too many reps. Now he is the guy. John Morton is going to be working on a game plan with Petty this week. And one thing we talked about last year with you was you like Petty's ability to make plays when things don't look like they're going according to plan. What do you expect from him now that he's had a week, he got in there, a few snaps against the Denver Broncos?
3: Well, he should certainly, I don't think his mental preparation changes as far as his study habits. Obviously his physical preparation changes because now he gets the reps in practice. The other thing that will change is the relationship between
0: Morton and
3: Bryce Petty. They've got to really increase their communication so that Morton gets a good feel for how Bryce thinks, and Bryce gets a good feel for how, of course, Morton thinks and how he calls plays. That's going to be a, a big-time key uh, for this week. And then finally, I think we saw last year that he does have grit. He does uh, you know, have that, that mental makeup to be able to fight through adversity. We saw that in the San Francisco game last year. And so we know that. Now we have to be able to see can he put some games together where he can prove himself that he has value and that he can continue to improve uh, and that he has made progress. Uh, the biggest thing I want to see physically on a quarterback, I want to see his accuracy improve. I want to see him hit the gimme layups when they're there and then be 50% at least on the more complex reads and things like that. He has to improve his accuracy.
0: How do you think John Morton's system fits Bryce Petty compared to last year when Petty started four games for the Jets but it was under Chan Gailey's system?
3: Well, actually, I actually feel like it fits a young quarterback well with coach morton being part of the west coast ideology i think you'll have a lot of progression reads um where a lot of pressure won't be put on the quarterback to decipher coverages per se sometimes sometimes it's just about the progression regardless of the coverage also think being able to get the ball out of his hand quickly with shallow crosses and the screen game and all these different ways that they can help uh, get him into rhythm as fast as they can is important. The biggest challenge for Bryce will be going down into the Superdome. You're playing the New Orleans Saints at home. Uh, It's really, really tough to play there. You've got a a defense that's played really well this year, as well as an offense that's as explosive as any offense in the league. So it's it's a big task, but uh, we'll certainly be able to see what he's made of.
1: Well, let's go inside the chess match. Uh, John Morton had two coaching stints under Sean Payton, but Sean Payton's a guy who's calling the offensive place for the Saints. Dennis Allen is the defensive coordinator. What will Dennis Allen and the Saints try to do against a young quarterback Sunday?
3: Well, I think uh, typically people think that with a young quarterback, you just heat them up with pressure and play man-to-cut man covers. But actually, for me, I always thought that made it easy for a young quarterback. Um, anytime you try to heat them up and – It's single coverage outside. There's no thinking process involved. All they've got to know is are they hot to get rid of the ball quickly? And if they're not, then focus on the outside receiver and it's one-on-one just like you would in practice.
0: How can they take a lesson from Denver's page, per se, where they got off to a slow start and try to translate it to this Sunday where if you let the Saints jump on you early and that dome starts rocking, that's a recipe for disaster down there?
3: In any road game, uh, if you can get off to a faster start, uh, be it with good drives offensively or some good three-and-out stops on defense, it takes that crowd out of it early and allows you just to focus on the game of football and not have to deal with the other elements. So um, offensively protecting the ball, just just thinking about first downs. Just accumulate first downs. Don't worry about scoring. Anytime you go against Drew Brees, you feel like you've got to put up 40 to have a chance to win. Uh, with this year's Saints team, they're running the ball really effectively. And so uh, defensively, you got to focus on Mark Ingram and the run game. Uh, and then in the secondary, uh, really take a look at their play-action game. They do a good job with that, moving Drew around and using that play-action game to push the ball down the field. Offensively, accumulate first downs, and let's see what happens.
1: Jay, great analysis as always. We look forward to catching up with you next week. Uh, hopefully the Christmas uh, shopping is going well for you so far.
3: We are hanging in there and pushing through, Eric. We certainly are.
1: So, Greens, Bryce Petty will make his first start of the 2017 season down in New Orleans, as Chad said. is that you got to be accurate with some of those easy ones uh, to keep that offense on schedule. And I think balance is going to be huge for this team this week because you don't want to fall behind like you did in Denver, and then you're always playing catch-up. And then they can pin their ears back and come At Bryce Petty, you want to have some balance. And how about Louisiana Lightning? How about Matt Forte and Eli McGuire going back? Those are two guys with some uh, Louisiana connections. They'll be pumped to play at the Dome.
0: I know Eli McGuire told you and he told me on two separate occasions that he has a lot of friends and family going to this game, but it's not his first time playing at the Superdome down there because he played there, I believe in what he said, three out of his four years at Louisiana Lafayette. In bowl games, so he's familiar with the noise, maybe not the Saints' noise, but he's familiar with how loud it can get down there. And talk, talking about the balance is the Saints average about 31-plus minutes in time of possession. So if you can neutralize the amount of time that Drew Brees and the top offense in the NFL is on the field, that's going to bode well. For the jets no matter what the equation is but yeah i, I think moving forward if you can establish a ground game we have talked about this last week is the jets average 35 rush attempts in their victories throughout the course of the season
1: i go to the other side of the ball and say i think two of the keys for the jets this week are marcus may jamal adams new orleans likes to pound it up the middle with ingram they can hit the edges with elvin kamara uh but with that being said the one thing the Jets did very well against the Broncos was they contained the rush game. Adams and May are sound tacklers, but they're going to be key this week because they have to make sure that Breeze doesn't go over the top because when the Saints start becoming effective running the football, that sets everything up
0: play-action-wise. You mentioned Kamara and Ingram, debatably the best Running back duo in the NFL. I would say they have to be. Yeah,
1: I haven't looked at the stats, but you're right. I would say they have to be. What Kamara does as far as average per attempt, both in the rush game and the receiving game, is incredible. The other thing is these guys are getting to the end zone.
0: Mark Ingram has nine touchdowns. Kamara has seven. Just on the ground. Kamara has 11 total. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So Kamara has... Taking the league by storm. He's electric. And just watching the Thursday night game against the Falcons, in which the Saints lost, you could tell how fast paced the Saints team moves. And they're going to be in their home field, on their turf. You know, the Saints fans are going to be bringing their loudest versions of themselves. So it is going to be a tough test. All right, let's go down to the Big Easy to check in with Larry Holder of NOLA.com. Let's dive in a little bit more into these Saints. Hello. Larry. Yes. How's it going, sir? Good. How are you? Good, Larry. Thanks. Let's dive in here to this weekend's matchup, Jets-Saints. Obviously, when you think of this New Orleans team, you think of the offense. So how has this offense been so effective, mostly on the ground, and what have Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara meant to this Saints team this year?
2: Yeah, it's been uh, kind of an oddity because we're so used to seeing Drew Brees have to Take this offense on his back and kind of do his thing, but uh, like I honestly think it started a little bit last year because Mark Ingram uh, had his one of his actually had his best season in the NFL last year, uh, rushed for uh, over a thousand yards, and that's the first time uh, anyone has done that with the Saints since Deuce McAllister in two thousand and six. So I mm-hmm. think they were they were thinking after that season they were going to try to gear it uh, along those lines. Um, I think what they did with the offensive line, they kind of beefed that up in the offseason. Larry Warford at guard is known as a real road grader in the run game. Uh, look, they got fortunate to, to have Ryan Ramcheck uh, as their first-round pick, their second first-round pick. And so I think the offensive line has gotten better. Uh, and, so, and then you add uh, Alvin Kamara to the mix. Uh, look, they had Adrian Peterson, and I think they knew after even week one uh, that they were going to try to face him out and use Kamara and Ingram. And their combined success uh, has made them uh, more unpredictable than I've seen in the past, even though you might say, oh, wow well, it's, it's easy to predict that they're going to run the football. But uh, look, stopping is a different story. And then uh, you look at Bo, how both of those backs, uh, they can be diverse. They can catch the ball out of the backfield. Look, Alvin Kamara, uh, we, we know his prognosis is uncertain this week because he had to leave the game uh, last week uh, against the Falcons with a concussion. Uh, he says he, he's going to be good to go, but obviously uh, you can't go by that. He's going to have to go through the protocol and, and, and pass through the test. But, look, it's a different Saints offense than what we've seen in the past, and I do think that uh, you know you can look at it as, hey, uh, if you need to dial up Drew Brees, you can, uh, but you don't have to, and I think that uh, makes the Saints uh, different than some of the teams we've seen here in New Orleans in the past.
1: This Saints team has got immediate dividends from this 2017 draft class. Uh, can you tell us about these picks and what they've been able to do here early in their careers?
2: Yeah, they've really struck gold. And the Saints have, uh, they've, in the past few years, when they're kind of their mediocre years of 7 and 9,
0: they've missed.
2: But like they started hitting on some draft picks last year, but they really hit on them. This year, all you got to do is start with Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, you know he has become to me—he's—you could easily argue—he's the defensive rookie of the year. Uh, you know he had an interception last week, uh, and he when he's on the field, uh, he takes away half the field. And I don't know in, in the history of the Saints franchise that they've ever had a guy like that, and it's happened so early. And I mentioned Ryan Ramczyk earlier. Look, uh, the Saints drafted him. Uh, and now is in the pick for the Brandon Cooks trade. They draft him uh, because he's the best player on the board. Look, they wanted Reuben Foster the pick before. Uh, they maybe wanted Tack McKinley, and he came off the board. And so Ryan Ramcheck was just sitting there and then said, all right, let's take him. And Ryan Ramcheck has jumped right in and been one of the, honestly, one of the better tackles this year overall, I think, in the NFL. So that's, a, that's something pretty stunning. Look, Marcus Williams, the guy they took in the second round, he's been a starter since day one. Uh, at free safety, and he's, he's brought a little, a, little, a little bit more of a dynamic ability back there. Then you get to Alvin Kamara. I mean, I'm to list, all these guys, and now I'm getting to Alvin Kamara. That's
1: amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. The guy's averaging seven yards a carry. He's got 62 receptions. Alvin
2: Kamara is basically uh, who Reggie Bush, who you thought he would be when he started. He, that's Alvin Kamara right now. And I, I know how much the Saints – value him and i know how much sean payton values him i know how much drew brees values him and anytime they can get the ball in his hands they want to do it and uh that's why look i think when when he was playing uh and got concussed against the falcons the game plan changed uh and they, they had they couldn't make get it done on the fly because they're so uh relying on him a lot of times so i'm curious to see if he can't go what that does to the saints offense but yeah it, it, it's a uh, The draft class, I mean, I just routed off all those guys. They're all four starters, essentially. They're all four major difference makers for for this Saints team
0: right away. You talk about Lattimore and Williams, the two defensive rookies, the Saints' first and second-round picks. How do you go about attacking this defense? Is it in the middle? Is it on the outside opposite Lattimore? What's been the theme there?
2: Well, when teams have had success, It's really been more about, and a lot lot of teams have had success, to be be honest with you. Uh, Because, look, those first two losses, they weren't playing well at all. Marshawn Lattimore uh, wasn't the the guy yet. And, they look, Ken Crawley wasn't even starting. He was inactive the first two games, a healthy inactive. And then they figured, let's throw this kid out there. He's an undrafted guy, second year in the league. uh, And he's become a solid player. So I think once they got that going, I, I think it's hard to... To attack, look, I, look, Matt Ryan, he, his quarterback rating last week was 55. Uh, and so I, I think what you've got to be able to do is you've got to be able to run the football effectively against the Saints. Uh, and so because I think if you want to attack a side of the defensive front, there would probably be the side opposite Cam Jordan because Alex Okafor uh, suffered an Achilles injury a couple weeks ago against Washington and they have not found a replacement for them, and they're banged up over there, so if you want to attack there, maybe run the football that way. But one of the big things is that the Saints, their, their pass rush overall hasn't been great, but it it becomes great when the, the coverage, and we saw Matt Ryan have to hold the ball a lot longer than I've seen him have to hold the ball against the Saints in the past. He's holding on to the ball because he can't find open guys, and I think that's a, a big key to the success of the Saints. So I would say, and if you're talking passing game, just don't throw up Marshawn Lattimore.
1: Larry Holder is a columnist for NOLA.com. This is the Jets-Saints game preview on the official Jets podcast. Larry, what was your interaction like uh, with John Morton during his time there? A couple stints with the Saints, and um, how, how happy do you think uh, Sean Payton is uh, for Morton this year? working with a lot of different pieces, uh, throw out last week's game. The Jets' offense has done a lot of good things in 2017.
2: Yeah, look, I could tell you, yeah, with, with John Morton, uh, look, he worked. He helped mold Michael Thomas. I mean, I could tell you that. Yep. Look, he was a wide receiver coach, uh, and uh, he had a lot of good pieces. He was working with Michael Thomas. He was working with Brandon Cooks. So, yeah, I, I think he's someone who knows the passing game, and I think the fact that you're able to see a little bit of that, you know, you had that with Josh McDaniels. Uh, You know, before the injury, and he was kind of making some things happen with some pieces you might not have figured. And so I think that's, uh, you know, John Morton probably brought a lot of the pieces that he learned from Sean Payton to the puzzle uh, with the Jets. And yeah, I I thought he made, uh, he certainly made the receiving core better when, uh, or while he was here, because before that, uh, you know, the pieces weren't that great and uh, kind of in a transition phase. Uh, But, yeah, I I think the work he did with the wide receivers in New Orleans was excellent. uh, There's a reason why uh, the Jets sought out to go get him. And, look, he's definitely done a better job than I thought he would have given the pieces and kind of the the hand he was dealt up there uh, in his first year up there.
1: With New Orleans, where they're at in NFC South, with Carolina right there, with Atlanta right there, is there any chance they could overlook this game?
2: Well, look. There's been a lot of conversation because it was a conversation after the Falcons game because it was a heated game. And uh, look, the Saints are—they were talking. My boy, they can't wait to see them in a couple of weeks for, on Christmas Eve. But I, I do think that the Saints, uh, and they've been very good about this. They haven't, uh, you know, they haven't lost to opponents where they should have lost. Say. you know, the, the, every opponent they've lost to have been good teams. They haven't uh, overlooked teams at all. And I, all I think they got to do is look at the landscape of the NFC, uh, which I, even though you could you, you could tell me all you want that they're not, I know they are. Uh, Carolina is right on you. Uh, Atlanta is right on you. You've got to win every game just to stay afloat. So you can't afford to be looking ahead. Uh, and I, I think the Saints team has done a very good job of not doing that. Uh, and so uh, I, I don't anticipate them looking ahead of the Jets knowing Uh, Just the the dynamic and the landscape of the NFC and at the NFC South.
1: Outstanding stuff from Larry Holder. You can follow him and read him at NOLA.com. Larry, looking forward to seeing you on Sunday at the Superdome. All right, thanks, guys.
0: EA, what really stuck out to me, what Larry said was, of the Saints' first four draft choices, they're all starting and they're all extremely effective. You know, just looking at at this draft class
1: right now, when you see Lattimore and you see Camara, you could say, wow, we might be looking back at this draft class in 10 to 15 years yeah. and saying, this mm-hmm. is one of the better draft classes we've seen in a long time. I also
0: think that Marcus Williams, and I could be wrong on this, but I, I, I believe this, is that Marcus Williams is the equivalent of Marcus May here in that Marshawn Lattimore was the first selection. For the Saints, he gets the name recognition. He's been playing very well, similar to Jamal Adams. And then Marcus Williams is doing a nice job in the back, making sure everyone's set up right, similar to Marcus. Yeah,
1: you know, it takes a village back there. And uh, Larry Holder said that uh, Lattimore takes away a side of the field. But with that being said, the other thing that I noticed myself watching the game Thursday night between New Orleans and Atlanta was Matt Ryan Went back to throw off, and and he didn't have open receivers down the field. Where you saw Atlanta have some success was actually running the football. Mm -hmm. Jets are different scheme-wise, but, again, that's where it goes back to balance.
0: But their secondary is pretty good. We talk a lot about energy on the road and how the Jets need to create their own energy. Maybe they'll get a boost from the Louisiana boys going back down south, huh?
1: Yeah, you know, and we talked about the the running backs, but uh, obviously Jamal Adams— uh, six overall pick uh, from LSU and a sixth overall pick in 2012 was a guy by the name of Morris Claiborne he's a Louisiana native so a lot of guys have connections um, you know but you know this is this is a monstrous test and this begins an unbelievable end of the schedule for the Jets and we knew that before the season when the schedule makers put this one out in April but, you're looking at three Hall of Fame quarterbacks potentially. In Breeze, who's definitely going to Hall of Fame. Philip Rivers on Christmas Eve. The Chargers are in a battle for the AFC West right now. They got a monstrous game against Kansas City this weekend. But you know, you look at his regular season statistics and say, yeah, he looks like a Hall of Fame quarterback. And Tom Brady's going to Hall of Fame. And Bill Belichick typically doesn't rest uh, players late in the season, no matter what's happened. So. All three of these teams, to me on paper, look like they have the potential to be playing late in January, and I even include the Chargers in that mix.
0: And right now, as it stands, they all have something to play for, so you know they're going to be bringing their A game. And I'm glad you mentioned Drew Brees just because he's having a tremendous year, and I know the Saints' rushing attack has surpassed the passing attack this season, which has been an anomaly like Larry Holder said, but Breeze has been putting up great numbers. He leads the NFL in completion percentage, completing 71% of his passes. And, oh, by the way, his top target is Michael Thomas, an Ohio State product who's been phenomenal.
1: I really think the Jets, uh, you know, and and there's no moral victories in the National Football League, but you just want to give yourself, put yourself in a position where you're in a ballgame in the second half. Because by and large this year, Greens, we've been covering a football team that's been – given people fits, or has been winning games. You know, we're well past talking about fourth quarter, blowing fourth quarter leads at this point. What the Jets want to do now, especially after last week, is come into New Orleans and to compete and to be in the ball game late.
0: All right, before we wrap up here, one final question is, if you could pinpoint the single most important category – I'll say, for this weekend, whether it be offense or defense, for the New York Jets to put themselves in a position in the second half to be competitive like we just said, what is it?
1: Well, I think they need some momentum change in plays. And I would anticipate they will be in it. Let's just say that. I, I think you throw the Denver game out. You learn from it. Uh, this is a different matchup. But they need some momentum changing plays. They have to be the ones who turns. New Orleans over or they have a block punt or maybe a long return or maybe Bryce Petty comes out and it's 80 yard touchdown to Robbie Anderson I'm just saying they need a few big plays this week Boy, you gotta <laughs> go and make some big plays
0: and on that note that's all we have this week on the official Jets podcast Jets Saints this weekend week 15 as the Jets travel down to the big easy for Eric Allen I'm Ethan Greenberg Okay. Mm-hmm.